Hello and welcome back into another edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride, as always. Um, this is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, which is powered by Mile High Sports. So make sure to go to Mile High Sports and check out all the content we create over there. Just type in milehighsports.com into your browser and click that Nuggets icon or any other team icon you see to read about whatever team you want to read about. Um, lots of content up there, always good stuff, always new stuff. Today I'm going to get into just everything Vlako Chanchar. I'm realizing that not everybody has a good idea of who he is or what he brings as a player. So I kind of just wanted to go through where he's from, what his path was to the NBA, his size, kind of the pros and cons of his game on both offense and defense, and how he could potentially fit in the Denver Nuggets style of play, and potentially what his role could be if he even has one. So I just kind of want to give an idea of what's going on, and then I'll answer some questions from listeners as well about that ask some questions about about Vlaco himself as well. So we'll get into all of that. But before I go any further, I got to give some quick shout out and some quick love to all the people that make the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast what it is. First and foremost, the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats for the intro and outro of this podcast. So for any audio production needs, make sure you go reach out to at Regulators Regime on Instagram for any of that that you may be looking for. They've done work with Bleacher Report, a ton of other podcasts, and with the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, as you guys know. In addition, to that, the benefactor of this show is Terrapin Care Station. Without them, the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast would not exist. So make sure you go find any of your cannabis needs at Terrapin Care Station. Make sure you go get any of your audio production needs met from the Regulators Production Group at Regulators Regime on Instagram. But before we go any further, here is one quick word from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. talking with different people who are fans of the Nuggets or whatever it was, I started to realize that who Vlako Chanchar is as a player and where he came from just isn't as well known as I originally thought. There's a big fan section who just tends to love Vlako Chanchar, which I think is awesome, but I kind of just wanted to outline who he is as a player, what size he is, what kind of role he fills, where he came from, and how he got to the NBA. So the basics, let's just start with how big he is. He is six foot eight. he has a six foot eleven wingspan, and he weighs 210 pounds. These could all be a little bit outdated measurements, 
um, in the article that he penned for Nuggets.com, he did say he was six foot eleven. I, from what I have seen from him and from him standing near other six foot eleven individuals, I would not say that he is six foot eleven. But maybe he's six nine, maybe. But he does look around that six ten. I do think he's bigger than two hundred and ten pounds, though. Um, he is just stocky. That man is built like the Hulk. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was closer to two twenty um, in terms of his size and weight. But he is from Slovenia originally. He, um, but despite being from Slovenia, he hasn't played basketball in Slovenia. Um, he played junior basketball from 2013 to 2015 in Serbia, which is likely where he made the connection to Misko Razatovic, who is Nikola Jokic's old agent or still agent. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have a whole lot of clarification. But when Nikola Jokic came into the league, when he was drafted by the Nuggets, that was his agent, Misko Razantovic. Um, so because of that, actually, Vlako Chanchar played for the same team in Serbia um, once he grew out of the junior league, junior league and became a professional. He played for what is right now called KK Baymax. It used to be called uh, KK Mega Baymax. Uh, it used to be called Mega Lex. It was called Mega Visura at one point. The ownership has kind of been a carousel around there, but it is the same club that Nikola Jokic came out of in Serbia himself. So because of that, there's a lot of connections and similarities between the two, and it's likely where the Nuggets originally found out about Vlaka was because he played in the same league and had the same agent as Nikola. So he played for Mega Baymax from 2016 to 2018. He got two years there. Mostly played power forward. Um, some center and short stints. He wasn't a full-time center by any stretch, but ended up playing 56 games over those two seasons and had 39 starts, despite the fact that he was like 18, 19 years old at this point. Um, in 2017, which was near the end of his time with Mega Baymax, he ended up getting drafted by the Denver Nuggets with the 49th pick in the draft. That's 19 picks into the second round. Um, very unknown at that point. I remember being in the in the draft lobby area with all the other writers, and we were all kind of like, wait, who is this kid? Um, we saw that it was the same agent as Nikola Jokic and kind of figured that it could have been just a agent, you know, attaboy to kind of just get some love for the agent of Nikola Jokic, who also, like I said, was the agent for Vlako Chanchar. But now, fast forward, you know, three years almost, we're going to see that Vlako Chanchar is very much so likely to be on the, well, he is going to be on the Nuggets roster and potentially play some minutes for him. So even going back to 2017, the Nuggets clearly had some interest in him as an NBA player. So after being drafted in 2017, um, he stayed overseas, continued playing for Mega Baymax that year. And then in 2018, he came over for Summer League with the Nuggets. And then in 2019, he came over to Summer League for the second time. So he has two years now with the Nuggets at Summer League in Las Vegas. And he has averaged over those two years, 8.8 points, 3.6 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 1.25-ish turnovers. Um, he shot 41% from the field, 31% from three, only 5 of 10 from the free throw line. I know that shooting statistics do not look good. That's always a noisy thing when it comes to summer league statistics just because you don't know who you're playing with. You've basically had a week to get to know the guys you're playing with and Vlako Chanchar being a guy who comes from such a team-oriented system when it comes to the Adriatic League, that's a very important thing for him. So it makes sense that he was struggling to shoot at an efficient level. But besides that, 
did all the right things. You know, he cut hard, he played hard, he played strong defense, he showed off his three-point shooting ability, he hit the glass, he made some nice dimes, showed that he could score down low, showed that he had some smarts to him, and his IQ was absolutely there. So after the 2018 Summer League, he ended up playing for in the ACB League for San Pablo Burjos, uh, um, which the ACB League is over in Spain. It's one of the, it's probably the second best league in the world behind the NBA. So to see him have an opportunity to play with that level of competition over a longer period of time, he played 34 games for them. That was a very big deal to see him play. Uh, an additional interesting aspect of him playing in the ACB League was that he played small forward. He was not playing power forward for them at that point. So to be able to see him as a combo forward now, because the Nuggets had seen him as a small forward in the Adriatic League. Now they get to see him, or I'm sorry, as a power forward in the Adriatic League. Now they get to see him in a more complex position in small forward, um, just a more dynamic position in a much tougher environment. So he ended up playing 34 games, and despite being 21 years old when he first got there, he started in 22 games, which is rare. You do not get playing time and starting roles in the ACB League as a young player. They just want you to grow before for doing that. There's a very big um, idea of seniority in that type of a league because guys have paid their dues. So for him to get 22 starts for a pretty decent team in the ACB league, that was very notable. And for him to do it while playing small forward against tougher against tougher competition, that was a big deal for the Nuggets to see from what I have been told, which is why when he came to play Summer League in 2019, it wasn't just to see how he's improved. It was almost an audition for a roster spot an audition that he was already ahead of the curve up with because the Nuggets have had his draft rights since 2017. So in the ACB League this last year, he ended up averaging 10 points, 3.7 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and 1.2 turnovers, shot just under 46% from the field, just under 33% from three, and then hit 83% of his free throw shots. Uh, it makes sense to me, again, while his shooting numbers were a little bit lower because he was playing in a different position, a much more dynamic position in which he is getting his shots in a much different manner. So there was a lot of um, growth and adapting that he had to put on display immediately the second he got to the ACB League, and that kind of you know manifested itself in a less efficient shooting performance than we would originally you know, guess from him and you know expect from him as a player. So he played in the ACB League. He was strong. Came over in 2019 for the Nuggets Summer League, which just happened you know two weeks ago. And the Nuggets already had an idea that they were going to bring him over. It seemed like he did everything right besides his shots fall in Summer League, which again, like I said before, is a very expected type situation. So the Nuggets saw everything they needed, all of the steps that he took from the Junior League and the Adriatic League to playing for Nikola Jokic's old team and and Mega Baymax, to getting drafted by the Nuggets to two years of Summer League, to playing in the ACB League, and proving that he can do multiple different things on a basketball court, and that his versatility was very real. All of those steps are what have now led him to being able to sign a contract with the Nuggets on the 15-man roster. Not a two-way deal, nothing like that. He is on the 15-man roster, according to the reporting from Mike Singer. So, that's the path he took. I thought it was a really interesting one. It shows that he has had to mature and grow at every stop and the Nuggets really know who they're getting because of that so that's something that I thought was interesting to kind of outline how he got here and his steps because that's not something that everybody that the casual fan may know so next I want to get into his play style offensively and defensively 
Vlako Chanchar as a player is an interesting case study because, of course, he has his Eastern European roots as a basketball player, which means he can do a little bit of everything. It's just like Nikola Jokic and everybody else who's come from Eastern Europe. They are able to pass, they are able to shoot, they are able to rebound, they know where to play, their IQ is high, they know how to play team basketball at a high level. So that's kind of just the basis of what you can expect from him as a player, um, just as a foundation. And then you add in the fact that he is 6'8", he has a 6'11 wingspan, and he's 210 pounds, so his versatility is very much so there as well, considering that he can also hit three-pointers. So I, what I want to do is start offensively and then go, to, go into defensively. I'll do pros and cons for each, and then I'll get into his fit on the Nuggets and what his role could be before answering some Twitter questions. So let's just start offensively. The whole point, again, is that he can do a little bit of everything. He's a capable shooter. He's a smart passer with decent vision. I've seen him make some very pretty dimes at Summer League where you're like, wow, I'm not really I didn't know he had that to his game um, he still has a little bit ways to go as a shooter but he has to be somewhat respected to a degree and if you leave him wide open he does have a strong chance to knock that shot down um, surprisingly strong offensive rebounder he's averaged over one offensive rebound per game pretty much his entire career so he is able to find angles to the rim and knows when to attack the offensive glass he's a smart cutter and he completes his cuts he's not like Tory Craig is well all of the energy is clearly there. This is not an indictment on him being lazy by any stretch, but it's one of those things where some players will cut, the ball won't get there, and they'll pull up a little bit, and they'll slow down a little bit. That's just natural, but Vlaka, you'll see him cut, and he'll go all the way to the rim, all the way back to the corner, and then reset at the top of the key or on a wing. So, like, he is going a 1,000 miles an hour and knows that his gravity as a cutter can be important to the rest of the players around him. Again, that's a very Eastern European type way of playing basketball. That's why Nikola Jokic is so smart at hitting cutters because he's played around cutters for so long in his life um he's a good screen setter he's a strong dude 210 pounds of just straight muscle and just stocky his hips are wide his legs are strong his shoulders are wide for a guy who's 6'8 he's gonna set some pretty mean screens um and he and so moving on from just like the fact that he can do a little bit of everything he knows his role this is, I think, the most important part of why the Nuggets are happy to bring him over, is that if they need to play him, he's not going to go out there and start jacking threes off the dribble. He's not going to try and drive left-handed on guys and put up creative finishes at the rim or anything crazy like that. He will do what he is supposed to do. If he's playing three, he will swing the ball, he'll attack the glass, he'll cut, he'll hit spot-up threes, he'll get to the corner. He's just a smart player in that way. If he's playing four, he'll get in the dunker spot, he'll hit the offensive glass, he just knows how to play basketball the right way and will not unnecessarily assert himself on the game. Additionally, a great teammate. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy smile as much as he smiles. He's just happy all the time, which... For me, I won't. I wouldn't pick friends like that. That weirds me out. People shouldn't just be happy all the time and like never stop smiling. It feels like bullshit usually. But when you talk to Vlatko, you can just tell the dude is just happy and loves playing basketball. He doesn't understand why he happens to be this guy that everyone likes, but for some reason he's always here and is just happy and smiling. And now he's an NBA player, so why wouldn't he be happy? But it is bizarre. Just like the guy always has positive vibes. So it's cool to see that as a teammate and also as a 
practice player. I'm sure, I mean, if anyone's played sports before, once you get into the doldrums of the season, once two-thirds of the year kind of passes you by, the end, that last third, you've been with the same people for so many days consecutively. You've played so many games, you're tired, you're sick of everyone's crap. Having a practice player like Vodka, who is just no management whatsoever, like he is the lowest maintenance person on earth, who is always happy, who is always playing hard, who is always hyping guys up, that's a very helpful player to have just on your roster. So I think just the fact that he knows his role on and off the court is a very big deal. And then again, he's versatile. He'll be able to plug any holes that you need, especially offensively. Because of his skill set, and because of his IQ, offensively, I think you can even get away with him playing some shooting guard minutes because, again, he knows when to swing the ball. He knows when to cut. He knows how to spot up. He'll take his open threes. He'll just play the game the right way. So I think you can play shooting guard, small forward, or power forward offensively with him in the game. I really, really do. So the fact that he just knows his role and can fill so many of them on and off the floor, it's a really important thing to have on your team. Um, additionally, he'll just play great team basketball, like I was saying. He comes from the Adriatic League of the same team is Jokic. You see how Jokic plays. He's not a transcendental passer like Nikola Jokic is, obviously, but it's the it's the style of play, the way that he approaches the NBA game that makes him such a great team player. And again, getting starts in the ACB League, but despite being 22 years old, that means he absolutely plays great team basketball and does not make mistakes. Those coaches are Iron Fist coaches usually. I can't remember who the coach is at San Pablo Burjo's, but at the same time, the fact that he's even able to get starts in the ACB League despite being 22 years old was extremely surprising, and it means he's trustworthy everywhere he goes, which is everything that I have heard, which means that no matter if what, if you get in a pinch, it's easy to trust him just to do the right thing. That's kind of my view of him offensively. Defensively is similar. Uh, like again, there's nothing that jumps off the t- off the page about his game, but he just does everything well. But then uh, you know what? I'm gonna hold off on defense. Let me talk about the cons offensively first, because like I said, he can do everything well, but his cons offensively are that he does nothing great. I mean, he's never been a consistent three-point shooter. He was a 40% three-point shooter in 15-16. That fell to 34% in 16-17. Jumped up a little bit to almost 38% in 17-18. And then when he went to the ACB League last year, that number fell to just below 33%. So he's never really been a consistent three-point shooter. Not someone that you can rely on every single time to knock down the shot if he's open. He's just not a sniper like that. Again, capable shooter, not elite shooter. And then again, yes, he has some vision he doesn't make mistakes but his usage is so low he's never really had anything different than a one-to-one turnover ratio he's never averaged over one and a half turnovers a game but he's never averaged over two assists a game before so he just kind of is there he'll just move the ball and not get in the way but he's not really going to be able to give you a big playmaking presence either. So there's just a whole lot of nothing exciting about his game, which is great for coaches. To know what he what the coaches are going to get from him, that's going to make his trust with co- with the coaching staff even better. But again, there's just nothing great that he does offensively on the floor. But again, on defense now, there are quite a few pros. Nothing pops off the page, but strong enough to defend power forwards, quick enough to defend small forwards, can bang down low if he gets switched on to bigger 
bigger players, is quick enough to potentially switch onto guards if he has to in a pinch. So it's just, there's a lot of things he can do defensively, but nothing great. Um, he defended threes in the ACB League all year. We'll see if he can do it at the NBA level. Obviously, NBA small forwards are an entirely different animal nowadays, but he's shown that he can keep keep up with the next tier of forwards that aren't NBA forwards at the at the ACB level. Um, he even played some center early in his career, so he knows how to play in the post against bigger guys that are trying to post him up. He can hedge out. He hedged at the in the ACB League quite a bit where he went out there and got into guards and recovered back to big, so he showed the quickness that he was able to do that. Um, he's a smart rebounder. He's not a guy who's just going to gobble up rebounds at a crazy rate. He is not a Jared Vanderbilt, but he just knows his angles to get to the rim to collect rebounds when he has to. It's the same thing he does offensively. And again, super smart in a team construct as a defender. He knows when to jump passing lanes. He knows when he has help defense behind him. He knows when he can rotate over and block shots. He knows the scouting report. He knows if his player can hit threes if they're athletic. He There's nothing that he is lacking in terms of IQ, which just makes him a strong team defender. But there's cons to this as well. He's too slow to defend really, really quick wings. Um, he can switch on to guards, but it's not ideal. I mean, again, he's not that quick of a player. Um, he can move when he needs to and, and knows how to use his positioning, but he's not going to explode left to right to be able to contain a Kemba Walker or a Damian Lillard or a CJ McCollum by any stretch. Um, he's just not great enough at anything... Like, Tory Craig, let's let's put it this way. This is a, a an interesting comparison. Everyone wants to know what kind of role he'll fill, and I still look at him as a Tory Craig-type player two years ago when he first came to the Nuggets as a two-way player where he can just fill a lot of gaps. But Flacco Chanchar is not as long as Tory Craig. Him, him and Tory Craig are similar in terms of strength, and he's much less athletic. So you're getting a little bit less, but you're getting the higher IQ. You're getting the understanding of a team construct, but without being great at any one thing in terms of athleticism, in terms of quickness, in terms of speed, it just limits him as a defender, and it makes it so that super athletic players just give him fits. Because it's like Nikola Jokic. When you have a Rudy Gobert or an Anthony Davis, I don't care how good your positioning is, you just can't make up that kind of a gap and athletic ability so that's kind of how I look at his defense uh, when you start talking about his fit on the Nuggets though like I said it is a very much so Tory Craig type situation so his role for me will just be like he'll play so they'll play probably a good chunk of G League time not tons the Nuggets will want him with the team in case of emergencies but I'm sure he'll get some G League time to keep him fresh He'll really only play if anybody gets injured or there's some load management going on, but he can fill in either four spot. Like I said, offensively, he can even play some two if you need him to. Um, you won't ever have to worry about his effort. He'll always be steady on both ends of the floor. But beyond the fact that he that he, he just isn't going to get time unless someone's hurt or, or there's like load management or they just need someone to fill time or there's foul trouble or something like that. But still, the Denver Nuggets feel that Vlako Chanchar is an NBA player. They feel his talent is there, his effort is there, his IQ is there. He's the perfect break-in-case-of-emergency break player. I made the, the comparison earlier on the last podcast that he's the kind of the utility player in baseball that can play second, that can play short, that can play first or, th- or you know, that can play third, that can play some outfield, just, you know, emergency catcher, can bat for power a little bit, can bat for uh, contact a little bit, just does a little bit of everything for you to be able to at least plug as many holes as you can if anything goes wrong with just one guy. That is his role on this Nuggets team. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of player he is, though. That's the hard part is projecting him a- a- in terms 
of an NBA player down the line? Is he going to be more perimeter-oriented? Is he going to be more post-oriented? I really just don't know. We're going to have to just wait and see. So with that being said, let's just get into Twitter questions, which is obviously my favorite segment of this show. And it's something that I always like doing is getting questions from listeners of the podcast. So let's just get to it. Zach Seegers asks, what current or former NBA player do you think he's most comparable to? I've had a lot of trouble with this. Um, I, I have two names, one if he's more of a big, one if he's more of a wing, and both are kind of both are very high upside type names. So I think if he's more of a power forward, I think he's Taj Gibson. He's not big enough to play center, but he's so smart as a power forward that you can fill some minutes anywhere you need him to. He's a smart defender, not an elite defender, can rebound, knows how to pass when he needs to. Again, just kind of fills all of those holes. And then if he's more of a wing player, like he was in the ACB League last year, I think James Johnson can be that type of a mold where he just does a little bit of everything uh much less athletic than james johnson that's a big part of this i'm talking skill type where he's able to put the ball on the deck and get a screen and play some pick and roll where he can hit threes here or there where he can get to his spots and just make an impact as an emergency ball handler even at times so those are the those are the two names that come up but we need to see more of him before we can make a real apt comparison in my mind uh, C.T. Fazio asks, do you expect him to be a long-term piece off the bench? This is an interesting one because it's easy to say yes just because we don't know what the Nuggets' financial situation will be like down the line. It's always hard for contending teams to add depth, so having a guy like Vlaco down the line could be a very beneficial thing, but the NBA changes over a bottle of wine between two players. So who knows where the Nuggets will be down the line, but what I will say is the Nuggets themselves, they do view him as a long-term piece. I don't know if I don't know if I would bet money that he would be a long-term bench piece, but I, I think the Nuggets do believe that he has that skill set and that value to him. Uh, Pete Toll asked three different questions, and I will answer all three of them. Uh, what parts of Vlaco's game do you think could fit seamlessly right now? I think his. Uh, ability to defend in a team construct with the Nuggets. I think his ability to play small forward in a pinch, I think his IQ. Those are the things that I think translate immediately. As he's played against tougher competition, his three-point percentages tend to drop, so I'm not going to bet on the three-point shot yet. I'm not going to bet on the rebounding yet. The IQ is there, and the ability to play team basketball is there, and I do think both of those skills will fit seamlessly. Oh, and he's 6'8 with a 6'11 wingspan at 210 pounds of muscle, so the body is there as well. Uh, is he more of a small forward or a power forward? That's really the magical question. That's why I had two different players for who to compare him to, because honestly, I don't know. I think that he has the most value if he can play small forward, because then you can go small with him at power forward and create mismatches. If he's a strict power forward, he might just kind of get aged out of the league. so Or not aged out to his age, but in terms of how the game has changed. Look at Taj Gibson not getting very many minutes anymore as the guy I compared him to. So it just depends on if his three-point shot translates and if he's able to play small forward or not and defend small forwards or not. And the last question, how will he find time with Wancho, Michael Porter Jr., and Jared Vanderbilt needing development minutes? Um, frankly, he's not. Um, I don't think that... I would say this. I would say Wancho is higher than him in the depth chart, as is Michael Porter Jr. if he's healthy. I think the Nuggets look at Jared Vanderbilt as a guy who is still extremely raw, and if it came down to it and they needed someone to fill power forward minutes and it came down to Jared Vanderbilt or Vlako Chanchar, I feel like the Nuggets would choose Vlako. I feel like Michael Malone would trust Vlako more. So, because again, Jared Vanderbilt, it's not that he doesn't trust Jared, it's just Jared Vanderbilt is a thousand miles an hour or he's not. It's hard to trust somebody who is still so chaotic as a player, and that's just part of the thing that Jared Vanderbilt needs to grow. It was the same issue that Malik B. 
Beasley had earlier in his career. So I do think that right now Vlaco would be ahead of Jared Vanderbilt, but for, I don't think that he'll get minutes over them in terms of a development sense. So, but that's the podcast. That that's Vlaco Chanchar. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to go subscribe to this podcast on all of your podcast listening platforms: iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, this podcast is on Spreaker. That is the home of the podcast. So make sure to go check them out as well. Leave a five star review wherever you listen to the podcast. Reach out to me and give me any complaints or any ideas that you have or whatever it is on my Twitter at TJ McBride MBA. My email is in the handle or in my bio on my Twitter. But until next time, this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I'll talk to you guys later.